0: Nigeria, but Senegal. Yeah, I can't believe Manny. You don't want to talk about the other most important tournament in the world,
1: uh, the Club World Cup, dude? When did that even happen? <laughs> what, what is that? <laughs> that's what? what, that's what, what
2: it, I said. So, so, just so you know, I already hit record, and this is going to go on. Um, but I, I do want to say, you know, I, I know a lot of, especially people in the English media, maybe except Chelsea fans, feel like that the FIFA Club World Cup is is nothing it's just a cup but even though i hate to say this chelsea are the champions of the world they literally beat you know all the champions of all the continents of, except for antarctica and maybe uh, i guess australia plays with asia but yeah they they, they are the club champions of the world now let if we look player to player, they're I mean Chelsea players are the most expen the more expensive than everybody else, so we can make that claim, but doesn't change the fact that probably more expensive is. than everybody else combined. That Lukaku, I mean I mean really <laughs> Lukaku, just <alone>. Lukaku but <laughs>
1: but on similar wages as that Al Ali team because that's a Qatar actually, so they're on the same wages. Yeah,
2: exactly. I don't know. I don't know. I, I would love to see the chart for that. But no, congratulations Chelsea. Seriously. Uh, I think I think they deserve it. But, you know, that will be the last time for a long time. Let's be serious. The other <laughs> shout out is with Mane uh, and, of course, Koulibaly and all the players that played, you know, AC Milan player for the Balotelli, for example, played in the AFCON. Um, congratulations to Senegal. I know we've, we've not recorded since then. I mean, uh, this was their first Uh, Afcon, uh, believe it or not, Um, and it's incredible that they just won it. Um, So, but hey, you know, it's I think very in March we're gonna closely watch if people are not aware of this. But uh, the way the African uh, World Cup qualifiers works is, you know, play the group stages or the 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 table stages, and then you go to a playoff, and the playoff is Egypt and Senegal. So that's gonna be a two leg. Intense uh, World Cup qualifier because what happens if Senegal beats them out, right? Uh, then samus would probably samus definitely
0: leaving Liverpool <laughs> in that case. Well, one of them
2: will leave for sure.
0: One of them just sure. Afcon. Do you think Afcon has the most brutal qualification process for the World Cup? It's like you have to play a whole group stage fight for months or years to top your group stage and then it could all like it still comes on comes down to a two-legged tie it is because
2: they seed all the top teams because it's and it's like how do you determine who the second seed will be and and the matching but i think it's based off if i'm not if i'm wrong about this it's based off fifa rankings at the time but man like that is i think it is brutal um but they need to know. give
1: uh they need to give Afghan more uh, World Cup spots. It doesn't make yeah, sense.
2: Hey. That well, hey, like cool. it doesn't make Just sense when you the... have
1: fifty five countries battling for like the same amount of spots as like uh, right. you know, Conme Bowl, for example, which only has like
0: fourteen countries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well yeah. that's why we're uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. In South America you can finish in fourth best in the continent out of like whatever fourteen and qualify for the World Cup, whereas in Afcon, like in UEFA, like the way like Portugal and Italy have to play each other for like a lot la- like because they neither of them were able to top their group. that's yep. like the equivalent of the happy path in Afcon. Is like that's the best case scenario: is you win your group and then you still have to do that like, you know, super tense last minute um playoff tie. And then the the don't World even Cup.
1: get started on those UEFA coefficients because
2: Ugh.
1: Belgium has oh, yeah. been ranked oh, number God. one for the last like. Five years yet they haven't even reached a final in any tournament but somehow they're still ranked number one so but you know what we're going to get into that a little more later on in the summer as we get closer to the world cup so
2: that's true and I actually i want to quickly visit this uh this uh, increasing this possible for african nations uh if you notice for example france a lot of countries have um, African players that that maybe they were born in that country. So Lukaku, for example, actually I think Lukaku was maybe born in I Congo. He was the Democrat. was he born in Congo or was it just yeah. Is it just his family is from Congo? Okay, well my point is I think if more African countries are going to the to the World Cup, I, I would I'm willing to almost bet that you will start seeing players that are based in Europe actually choose to play for the country. Like, for example, now we're seeing Ademola Lukman, uh, who represented England, I think, in the lower, under-17s or whatever. Uh, now he has now switched allegiance to Nigeria, for example. And and he's doing that, let's be honest, at, at the time when he knows that we could potentially go to the World Cup. And he knows he wants to play in the World Cup. So I think the more countries we see, the more... Actually, this is such a something, a realization I just... I, you just gave me money, actually. And I think... I I wonder if people are already having this talk, this talks already, um, uh, y- you know, behind the scenes. But uh, real time update: Lukaku was born in in Belgium, and and that, I guess it does make sense. But he speaks the the Congolese language, so
1: his language, right. his uh, family's from,
2: from yeah
1: Congo, so yeah, his
0: uh, uh,
2: uh, yeah, his dad, his dad
0: played international football. I don't know that off the top of my head. I'm full disclosure. I'm on the
2: Wikipedia for sure. Wait, uh, but That's I thought you, you were on Wikipedia. All right. let anyway,
0: right. Let's,
2: let's stop. Let's stop. I think this is a conversation we'll have, especially maybe when we have the, the World Cup playoffs for Europe, because we will still have that in March and then the African one in March. I think that will be a very good time to actually talk about this. Um, so, but let's, let's go into the hot topic of the day. I mean, it's Champions League is back. I think we... It felt like it's been two years since I watched the Champions League game. Um, maybe it's because, you know, Milan got kicked out. But uh, excited to have it back. I think, you know, let's just start with, with the game that happened today. I mean, uh, we'll start. I don't think any of us watched the Man City-Sports in Lisbon game. I think, let's be let's be honest, like, no one, I don't think we anyone predicted any surprise. I, I mean, I think this was going to be a, a, you know, pretty basic you know routine um honestly i'm i guess i'm a little shocked that's 5-0 especially if you really think about it it's the round of 16 and it was the top two team that came through and somehow we still have a 5-0 in you know in a in a leg so uh i'm not gonna lie that i think that's the only drawback to this whole thing um i i don't know how i i'm not saying man city is not strong but to me seems excessive for Champions League game in the knockout stage, so I don't know what y'all feel about that. I mean, Sporting
0: didn't put up much of a fight. I watched the highlights, so you're right. I didn't watch the game itself, but from the highlights, Sporting rolled over and made it even easier than maybe it normally would have been for Man City.
1: And to be honest with you, Bori, we already know that Man City is going to be, you know, get out of the round of 16. It's when they get to the quarterfinals when they really start choking, so... No, no, no surprises here. Pep Dan Tinker just yet. He's got another round before he starts doing that.
2: Yeah, one, one, to... re- one, one, one surprise here though is I, again. I I think we kind of mentioned this offline. Um, I've I this is something I've just noticed last season. Kevin De Bruyne was very vital for 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 Manchester. And I know you're gonna kill me, but the reason why I'm saying this is last season Pep was always playing Kevin De Bruyne in EPL games right before the Champions League game. And then he will take him off, like, you know, at the 70th minute or whatever. Um, but it seems like maybe Pep is taking the Champions League more seriously this season. It, it, that's what it feels like to me. At least the rotation feels a little off. Like, I think if there was one constant in, in the games, in master games last season, it was always Kevin De Bruyne and Ederson. You know, I don't know the stats yet, but... but it just always seemed like Kevin De Bruyne was playing every game. But this time around, he benched him last, you know, last EPL game. So I wonder if if really Pep is taking this more seriously. And I think my, my reason why I'm saying that is I know you say you're saying he's going to choke in the quarterfinals or maybe in semifinals. But maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year they get to the final. Maybe they don't win it, but maybe this is the year they get to the final. Yeah, That's, a lot of like padding year. Ugh,
0: right or the year before
2: that that is true that is true actually yeah. well maybe i meant this is the other winner
1: yes like they've been predicted to do the last three years <laughs> yeah yeah
0: go uh, ahead justin you were saying um i was just gonna say bory bory picked up on that and was just uh disappointed in that tactic because it probably screwed up his fantasy team because you know Boy, you must have been well, going on your fantasy team. Your I EPL
2: mean, fantasy team. Th- that is the only reason why I won't last it because of him. <laughs> but, 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 but I, I noticed that because again, I, you know, I've just no. I watch Massa mostly when I'm watching EPL. Like I just gravitate towards that team because it's it, it's closer to the way Barcelona or in well, it, it's not Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not the, the same exactly, but it's very close to, to what Barcelona play, and which is my style of football. But, um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. Um, you know, especially with the parents, because you know, it, like we saw PSG, and we're, I guess maybe this, it, do we have anything to say about the, the City game before I move yeah. on? To the- do we? <laughs> do we? <laughs> there, there's nothing. Okay, fine. There, there's nothing. So, but, but just is... So
0: those, those kits they wore are
2: terrible. I hate those kits, that style. Well, well, yeah, we, I think every... Doesn't Arsenal have a similar kit like that? No, they no, I have. thought Milan did, though. Milan does, but I thought, well, like, no, several does I think PSG Plus, has it, too.
1: At, at this point, we already know that PSG is a fashion club. They're not a soccer club. It's a fashion <laughs> club, okay? Does it? Does it? They, they don't care about tactics on the field because, clearly, today they demonstrated that They could have put the game away in the first half. They chose not to. And a reminder for all our listeners, uh, there is no more away goals rule. It is two legs. Yeah, two legs straight up. Winner takes all. So even though they won, I mean, they shouldn't be celebrating because they have to go back to play in Madrid in front of what I can imagine is going to be a packed stadium, um, and you know how UEFA loves a a, a dramatic uh, away away game, and um, one nil to be up one nil when you had so much something like seventy two percent of possession, um, and it was just they were wasteful, right? So that they I, I think that game is far from being over.
2: Yeah, I want to I want to really break down this game because. I, I know a lot of people, especially in the first half, felt well. At least one person, one person I know, Jr. Justin, I'm gonna call him out, and he's gonna listen to this. Uh, he he thought the first half was boring. The way I see it, I thought the first half was a tactical battle between two big giant teams. I would say it was a little weird to see Real Madrid f- kind of move back the way the way they they were um, because. Let's be honest. Like I don't think PSG's backline is is the is the absolute best. Okay, fine. Mendes, Astra fakimi like they are attacking good players. They, you know they're attacking wing uh, fullbacks, but eh, Marquinhos is good. No, I'm again not trying to downplay Marquinhos. Kipimbe, I'm I'm very fifty fifty on him. I don't know. I think he has good games and bad games, and then you have Junior Mendigo. I I don't think that's a cl- a backline that you cannot penetrate so i was a little i was taking i was actually frankly shocked that from the beginning it seemed like remajer were okay just sitting back and just absorbing the the pain um but kudos to, to psg they kept going at it but the problem like you said man is they couldn't score and i don't understand how you have a front line of messi mbappe and really my love di maria how that front line does not score, I do not get it. Well, score more than one. Um, and I I just want to say that I love the tactical battle. I just loved... I thought Ramajid defended very well, especially when you see that the matchup of Carvajal and Mbappe was... There was no match. Like, honestly, will just pay, play me in that right back because I would have done the same amount of job that Carvajal did uh, tonight. So... um. Yeah, I don't know how you all felt about it. Like, did you feel like it was boring? Because I didn't think it was boring. I thought it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even take my eyes off this.
0: I didn't think it was boring. I thought the second half was even better, in my opinion. Like, In the second half, even better in the sense of, it was like the first half on steroids. It was like just like, PSG was just constantly on the attack, and Real Madrid were playing Uh, I don't know if I would say good defense, but they clearly had a Tactic, they had a plan for how to try and shut down PSG's offensive weapons, I think, to mixed results. I think there, there was no answer to Mbappe, plainly, uh, Carvajal right. or anyone else. There's no answer to, to what Mbappe was able to do coming off that left side. Um, Messi, and I know Manny has a lot of thoughts on Messi, so I'm going to hand it forward to him briefly, but um, or in a minute. But yeah, I think they clearly had, and every team does, have a plan for Messi. Everybody game plans around Messi. That's why he's a superstar. That's why he's uh the GOAT, in my opinion, is because teams specifically spend multiple training sessions, clearly, and like tactically focus their game plan around how do we shut down Messi? Um, and then it's up to PSG to find different outlets outside of him to get their goals. Um, so they effectively shut down Messi and uh I found that all very compelling to watch, Bori, to your point about like, the, uh, the tactical battle. I think Real Madrid actually didn't look very good at all, uh, especially going forward. They had, like, what, three shots? None PSG on had, target. None not on target, exactly. PSG had seven times that they had 21 shots. Uh, they had multiple times they should have scored. They had a penalty. We'll talk about that. So um, I thought PSG were, like—I was, was surprised at how much better PSG looked overall. Uh, over Real Madrid, even though Real Madrid clearly like they they maybe came into the game planning to sit back a little bit further than than is uh, typically their norm. But Manny, what were your feelings about the goat, the one and only Lionel Messi, and his performance today? Two words, Justin. Tick
1: tock, tick tock. It's like reminiscent of Josep Pedrol, Real Madrid's number one puppeteer and unofficial mascot. Right. Watching Messi today just reminds me of what I see in Ronaldo at Manchester United. I see two parodies between a team that has arguably the two greatest football talents we've ever seen, but are obviously human because you can see that age is taking a toll. That the team, whether you know it's stardom or tactics, they don't have a unit like a specific unity and identity on these teams um what i see with ronaldo with manchester united is the same thing that i see with psg where they try to force the ball to these players and yes we've even talked about it where these players are like the argument is a moment of magic can happen from these players right but at what point does a coach actually say hey listen like we need to start playing as a team rather than trying to force the ball and trying to make something happen because that's exactly what PSG did today. Um, I counted at least three or four chances where Real Madrid would try to play on the counter because that was their game plan, right? Sit compact, almost like a low block because PSG was just trying to pass through the lines and play one-twos with Messi, with Mbappe, with Di Maria. And the center backs for Real Madrid were doing a good job of coming out. Uh, they were very well. They were doing very well as far as like discipline goes, except for the actual fullbacks, right? Like we we talked about it. Carvajal was getting destroyed against Mbappe. But, um, you know, 21 shots, eight on target, one miss PK as well. You know, like that's unacceptable for a team that's got arguably the most prolific attacking trident in Europe's top five leagues. And to me, like I said, three, four counters that Madrid tried to play, and they got cut off by either Verratti or the midfield, the PSG, and quickly got turned over. And instead of playing the quick counter with Hakimi, who's probably one of the quickest players on the on the pitch, Instead of trying to play him through on the wings and try to create something, you know, on the, you know, through the wings, um, trying to cross it or trying to do something. like um, They were trying yeah. to force Messi the ball in the middle only for them to get disp- dispossessed uh, a number of times by either Cruz, Modric or
2: Casemiro. So, so. I, well, so I agree with you on the latter part of what you said. The earlier part, just going back to the Messi thing, real quick. And, and again, like I, I don't have the stats. By the way, just FYI for everybody listening, quick stat I just found out: Messi has missed only five penalties in the Champions League. Um, actually, before tonight, all the, the his last five penalties that he uh, he played, I think he got all of them, um, and four of them were on the same exact side. That he missed tonight. So, uh, kudos to to Courtois for doing his own work. I think he he definitely d- definitely studied that for sure. Um. Uh. So yeah. Anyways. So so that said. Um. I will just caveat again. Like I think we are desensitized to the awesomeness of of Messi and Ronaldo. I do I do see what you're saying. Like they're trying to play through Messi and that's kind of hindering the team. I get that. The problem with I think with the fact of using hakimi to go on the right and then cross the ball who who's gonna who's gonna head the ball like uh I think I believe uh, well alaba uh, are bigger than they, uh, than than um than mbappe he's not gonna head the ball they're gonna brush him down. I think the only thing that he has over both of them is just speed and as we saw Cavaal dribble like he he can dribble so if if we want if you want to play down the the wing and then cross the ball into to who, well it has to be Cardi. And that's why I personally felt that Neymar should not have been the right entry at that point. Because it's clear you're making these chances. It's clear that like you know you don't creating chances is not a problem. You just need somebody to help finish. And maybe you've tried to try to play through Messi and then have Messi link up with Mbappe or or, or Di Maria and it's not working now so why doesn't Poch just bring in a big defender and and then try the other way which is we know that Hakimi is a good assist he did that in Inter Milan and he connected very well with Lukaku just do the same thing I, I don't know I'm sure they've practiced that but again I don't know where Icardi's state of mind is maybe, maybe that's a reason why but PSG needs to figure that out because they can't always just play without using the wings and crossing in um, many times they crossed. I don't know if you know, noticed in the game, you would see like Mbappe going, dribbling people, and then try to cross it in. No one is on the end. But that's where you need like a Cavani-type player or like somebody, Ronaldo, to be honest, with that instinct to always be at the right place at the right time. I felt. So, that, I think that's what's going to kill PSG, in my opinion. I've got a question that's for they both of you Champions guys.
1: I've got a question for both of you guys. In that scenario, where you need an Icardi, then you have to... For forego either a Di Maria, you're not gonna you're not gonna get rid of Mbappe, you're not gonna sub him out, you're not gonna sub Neymar out, you're not gonna sub Messi out. Wh- who do you sacrifice? You know no, what I mean? Like and, and so, so the point is, why not and, and then the second thing is, did you not think that they were more fluid when Neymar occupied that space that Messi was occupying in the center? when when Neymar came on, even though it was for like what eighteen minutes or whatever it was, did he not create more? Did they not move more quickly the ball through the center? And they I personally that, think that assisted Mbappe for the goal.
2: I agree. No, no. So, so, I, so don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that like you know what they have those front three is not working at all. I just think, given what went on in this game. You've tried, you've tried, you've played through the middle, you've played. You've tried everything, nothing is working. You need a striker that can score on half a chance. That's what you need. And for me, I look at the bench, who can do that? Well, it's it's Icardi. So I do get a point with the Neymar thing. I personally think Madrid um, uh, were tired towards the end, and it was easy for them to play through. I'm not saying that Neymar is not good, but also let's keep in mind, Neymar is not played. He just came back from an injury. So... I didn't think Neymar was supposed to be even like shouldn't have been in this game. I think I'm again obviously without knowing the actual truth like obviously I don't know how it was gonna happen. But I'm willing to bet that if Icardi was in that game as a sub when Icardi came out, put Messi on the right, put Mbappe on the on the left, and Icardi in the middle, I think they would have scored more than one goal uh tonight. But again, I don't know. I obviously like hindsight like I you know. I, it didn't happen, so I didn't <laughs> – it was just my guess. I just felt like it was a, it was an odd change when I saw Neymar. In. But I get why you bring Neymar, in, because it's Neymar, right? But it's just – you've tried that same way. It's not working. So why not try something else? Yeah. Neymar did well when he came
0: onto the field, even though it was more of a cameo. I mean, he got the assist. Uh, he had a good chance. I don't know if, it was a, if he was trying to shoot it or, you know, volley it across the face of the goal. It just – he had put too much power behind it. That was uh, a few minutes before Mbappe's goal, and that actually was a chance, one of the four key opportunities that Messi created. So like people are really ragging on Messi after this performance today, but I actually think Messi wasn't terrible. It's just the fact that he missed the penalty really accentuates uh, what happened, and also the fact that like Real Madrid clearly like like I said, we're just collapsing on him every single time he got the ball. But even despite that, he's still Messi. He I think he, he he had a bunch of key passes during the game. He had a good, like, what, 82% pass uh, overall, created n- numerous opportunities. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think right, right. That's, that's why he's think- Messi in the game. Not just for his scoring, not just that he can score, but, like, he can create the opportunities for others to score the, no matter how much pressure he's under.
2: Yeah, I, I think, I mean, you're right. I mean, I've not looked at the stats, but, like, I know that I saw he mentioned mentions. I would say one thing, though. Here's here's something I've noticed about Messi this season. And I can't tell what it is. I think I don't think it's age personally, because last summer he was killing it at Copa America. So I don't think it's age really. I think it's just mentality. Like I don't know what's going on with his mental state. Um obviously I don't know anything. I've been hearing rumors. I don't know what's true, so I'm not going to spill it in, like like it's fact on the, on the podcast. But one thing I will say I've noticed is Messi has been losing more possession. Late. Like, I actually want to see that stat. He's been losing a lot of possession, which is actually kind of worrying. Because then if he loses the possession, he actually doesn't follow up and try to get the ball back. He did do some of it a little bit today. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, was- were you all – I was surprised at that. He was kind of pressing. I, so I I was shocked to see him pressing as much as he was. It was not like – maybe effective pressing all the time but it was he was he was doing it he's putting in the effort
2: but sorry go ahead Ori I know I did say that a few times but but I think the game the way the game has shifted you need Messi to press because let's let's be honest if he if Messi had pressed the full 90 minutes and maybe his legs cannot do that anymore but if he had pressed in certain times I think the background would have lost the ball or Remmich's background. Because the way I was like, wait, there's so much space. So if Messi just occupies and just moves up and, and occupies that space, that would close the gap. But I felt like he kept giving Alaba and Militao a chance to kick it out. So I don't know. Again, hindsight is 20-20. I don't want to delve too much in this game because we have to talk about the other games tomorrow. But any any last words? I, and I think I'm sure what I'm not going to do a disservice here, let's give... I think, honestly, maybe the man of the match really was Verratti. <laughs> if, 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 let's be honest. Uh, let's be honest. No. It's it in Mbappe. Courtois. It was it was
0: Courtois. No. It's ba- oh, or <laughs> maybe you could say Courtois. Yeah, maybe. Well, but okay. like, it was, okay, let's say let's say on the PSG side. And because,
1: you know, I dis I dislike Courtois, but for me to admit that, you know, he, he kept them in the game single handedly. Like, yeah. Right.
0: Messi. I mean, like Mbappe had a great chance. That again, Messi created it in the first half. That, yeah. And where Mbappe, like, again, smoked Carvajal and then used his strength to hold him off after Messi lobbed the ball forward for him. And Coutois just made himself big. And you don't see Mbappe miss one-on-ones, essentially a one-on-one like that that often. But he gets into the box, and Coutoie did great there. He had the penalty save, obviously. He saved a number of penalties this season. Um, yeah. He organized so- – I think he was, like, the general. He was helping to organize the defense.
2: So maybe Coutois, but, like, Mbappe, he's a terror. Mbappe is but let's be honest. Let's be honest. I think Mbappe got helps by Krabaha. Let's be honest. I'm not saying Mbappe is not good, obviously. He (laughs) was he got the goal. He got the winning goal. Very important. That's why he got the man. He actually got the official man of the match. So but in my opinion, I think the way that Verratti covered Messi's inability to press Mbappe's well, inability sometimes to come back. Di Maria was coming back, so they were pushing back. But I, I felt like Verratti covered a lot of space. That's why I think he was crucial to, to to uh to to PSG tonight. And that's so so let me rephrase. I actually agree that Courtois actually played a bigger role. But on the PSG side, I think Verratti was big. Like again, very big for PSG. And honestly would be a reason for why PSG could go far and cover the the fact that like Messi Mbappe. Neymar are not going to come back and defend um, and I think uh, Verratti in the beginning of the Champions League he was actually injured um, so we didn't see that covering I think tonight was the time, first time I really saw the the like what Verratti is bringing to the team in terms of like hey we now have three superstars in the front that are not going to defend how do we compensate um, so I, that's why I I pointed out like I think for me from the PSG side, Verati was was the man of the match to be honest. But again, anyways. But uh, I'm I think let, let's be honest. I think next next leg I don't think Ramirez has a t- chance. We we saw that Fernand Mendy, Mendy is going to be out. We saw that Casemiro is going to be out. We didn't know what's going to happen to Benzema. Um, maybe he'll be good by the time they play the second leg, but. For me, the defense is, is screwed because Carvajal cannot hold in. Um, Mendy is out, which means that who's going to start? Maybe, <laughs> I guess it has to be Marcelo, right? So we're talking about two shaky fullbacks. I don't see how that's going to, like, they have to buy, <laughs> they have to do an emergency purchase, I think, for that for that second leg. How, how, do, you, how do you guys feel about that, that second leg?
0: If I, like, I mean, I'm not even at Real Madrid. Fan by my my blood just ran cold when you said that. Um, <laughs> maybe it'd be um, Mbappe running at uh at, um, at Marcelo.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I, I I don't know, man. This was a. I wish both teams could lose. Obviously, that's not possible. Um, it's just a one-nil affair, and. I don't think, now that you brought it up, uh, if Verratti were to get hurt between now and the second leg. So the second leg is actually in three weeks. It's not in two weeks. It's in three weeks. I think it's like March 9th, I believe. And like I said, it's back in uh, it's back in Madrid, right? Um, if they were to lose, like, Verratti, then I'm not sure what's going to happen because you're right, Bori. He, he covers... Verratti is to PSG what Conte is to Chelsea. Like, you know, like the players ahead of him can afford to do, you know, whatever they want because Verratti's always there to clean it up. Um, and he looked like he was, you know, doing pretty well. So if they lose him, who's to say what, what's going to happen. And then the second thing is, um, Madrid, man, like as much as you, you know, we don't want to give him credit. They do have a pretty good track record, more often than not, of turning things around um, in the Champions League. Like they could be playing that's true shitty the entire time, and here comes the 90th minute, and they find a way to like score some way somehow through a Marcelo banger, you know. Like so, I wouldn't I wouldn't discount them to go out. Now, the interesting thing will be, I guess, if the what are the rules now because the away goals are non-existent? So if it were to be 1-0, do they just go to extra time? Yeah. And then and then PKs?
0: I believe so, yeah. Okay. so Which is not fair. I know people argue that the away goal rule um, wasn't really that fair, but like this alternative I think is actually – I don't
2: get why it's not fair. You, I, I thought well, it was a very fair – <laughs> I mean, so what is the point of playing in Madrid then, or and in in PSG? Like, Mass was just playing in neutral ground every time, right? Like, maybe, like we're in the pandemic. The the stadiums are not even that full anymore, right? So I don't. Well, I guess the stadium was full today, but I don't know if if crowd, you know, home home advantage is still a thing anymore. We have Atalanta, for example, a team that does so well away right so to me it doesn't mean anything anymore right like what's the what's the point of this like I, that's why i don't think it doesn't make it doesn't make any it doesn't make sense to me personally that they, they got rid of it but i you know whatever we gotta evolve uh, i just think you know i don't get the i don't get the advantage now there's no advantage of like might as well just play a piano closed doors and not have don't have any fans in your you know like what's the point Batteries. Right. I digress. I'm gonna let's move on. I think um uh you know we have two two fire games tomorrow. Well, one fire game really. Uh, I guess let's start with that the the non fire game. The the Bayern Salzburg. I think. Oh, by the way, Bayern lost (laughs) last weekend, four two I believe to I think Bochum. Um, Yep. I didn't watch the game, so I don't know what's going on there. I would just assume that was just a blip, and they were like, you know what, I don't care where, what, seven points or whatever, how many points they are uh, over Dortmund right now. Um, I think it's a given that Bayern will beat Salzburg, and they, like I don't think there will be any problems for them, right? Or is there something I'm missing? You're missing the...
1: The... Uh, next great hope for America and one Brendan Aronson playing for FC Salzburg. All right, you if you guys haven't seen this kid, he's like Josh Sargent but on a better team. All right, even though That's, it's gonna
0: <laughs> not a very, not a ringing
1: endorsement, <laughs> not a ringing endorsement, but um, you know he he as. If there's anything that, that we've learned from these Red Bull teams, it's the trajectory of the career. You go from New York Red Bulls to FC Salzburg Red Bulls to RB Leipzig, and then you go on to Bayern Munich. All right. So I'm calling it now. This kid's going to be a Bayern Munich in about two seasons. All right. And I'm just saying you can get on that Brendan Aronson train right now
0: or not. Um, so he's only at his second. He's at the poop, uh, pupa stage. He hasn't reached his final form yet. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. You know, yeah, he's actually, got a long way to go. But um, you know, t- traditionally, our uh, you know RB Leipzig, uh, you know um, RB Leipzig and Salzburg have very good academies. They do very well to develop young players. And there's been a few times where they've actually given you know Bayern Munich, you know, a run for their money. Um, and what that really means is that whoever scores in this game tomorrow will be purchased by Bayern Munich in the following season. So that's what I'm gonna be looking for. In um, all honesty, though, come on, it's it's Bayern. They're gonna be out for blood. They just got embarrassed by a mid-table team in the in the Bundesliga over the weekend, and you can bet that they're, they're gonna to try to you know rectify this by probably outdoing what Man City did to uh to sporting today
0: yeah Byron are prone to these fluky losses sometimes very rarely are they prone to having two fluky losses in a row so I think Manny's probably right it's going to be they're going to be getting their uh frustrations at that last match out on poor
2: um Red Bull tomorrow
0: yeah, maybe we need,
2: maybe we need to have the have a, a Bundesliga expert because I, I'm I'm actually curious to see what happened to Bayern last weekend and how they lost 4-2. But I am I am I have read that uh Nag the, the rumor is Nagusman is actually going to change tactics on one, uh, on Wednesday. So don't know what that means. I don't know if that means it's a good thing or if that means that Salzburg will take advantage of of this new tactic. That Lewandowski
0: sweeper keeper, you heard it here first.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Inter Inter Liverpool. Um, I think uh, before we start to re- record, um, you know what? I'm just gonna actually shut up here. I would love to hear your thoughts, but one of you, what you think about the Inter Milan and Liverpool game?
0: I already shared some of my thoughts pre-show, so I'll, I'll throw it to Manny.
1: Um. Well. Um... You know, this should be more interesting because than the first time that Liverpool played uh, another Milan team, because this is the better Milan team that's playing. And uh, here we go. Here we go. It, and so therefore, it should be much more exciting. Um, I'm going to call it right now. I think Inter goes ahead and, and upsets Liverpool.
2: You heard it. Uh, first. Justin, Justin, that's not
0: what you said, though. That's not, that's what, I not said. what I said. No, that's what so, Manny said. That that's not what I said. No, I think. Don't no, ever disrespect H-Hakan.
1: Hakan. Hakan Chalunaglu. <laughs> he's going. I'm telling you, he's going to pull the strings tomorrow, man. Um, just just watch.
2: No. I don't know. We, we, we dealt with him in the derby, the Milan derby, two weeks ago. So I think he's, he's probably still rattled. Still. Did you send yeah, him a DM on
0: Twitter back. or something, Bori?
2: Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, for those listening that don't know, uh, Hakan Shalonolu Shal- has uh, blocked me on Twitter because I, I said some very...
1: Because I was harassing him. <laughs> You was...
2: hit him up with the alt. I the never all. actually say anything like abusive. I never abuse because I have, you know, when I have kids, I don't want them to go through my tweet and see, like, I called somebody a, a stupid name. But I I think I just said, like, this is probably one of the worst number 10s I've ever seen or something, <laughs> something to that effect. Um because genuinely sometimes Hakan cannot complete a pass. Like pass you're you're on the you're, you know you're five yards away or whatever, or two yards or whatever, he can't complete a pass. Um but no, Justin, I would love to hear your thoughts about, about this uh this whole Liverpool into Milan game tomorrow.
0: No, I, I think Liverpool are well so the match tomorrow is in um it is in Milan, Milan right? Milan. Okay. Yeah. So maybe it'll be a little bit different. Tomorrow might be a closer match, but in terms of over the course of the two legs, I don't. I, I think Liverpool are going to win. I think Liverpool are just a better team, and they ha- have everybody fit and available now. Afcon's over. Um, Salah has had a break. Mane's had a little bit of time to rest during the group stage, where Liverpool there are times where Liverpool perhaps looked uh, vulnerable. But those matches where they looked vulnerable, I think they had many players who were out, uh, principally on defense. You know, VVD is there. Um, they'll have Robertson. They'll have Trent Alexander-Arnold. I just think that, um, especially with the addition also of Diaz, don't can't forget him. There's just like they 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 have. We always talk about Liverpool's strength in their for starting eleven, and now they're starting to actually add tack on some extra pieces that like add some unpredictability to what their lineup is going to be on match day and the weapons that are available to them coming off the bench. And I, I just think that they'll be
2: able to handle it, whatever
0: Inter has to throw at them.
2: I think you make a good point. I mean, uh, I think before AFCON started, so like late last year, I think Liverpool was shaky. Um, and to your point, yes, I think it, it was because of a lot of the injuries that they had. Um so I see your point there, and and you've convinced me a little bit to shift towards Liverpool, but I'm still sticking with Inter. Um, the only the only problem with Inter Milan is going forward. Uh, Latar Martinez, for example, has not scored in five games. So he has this weird streak where he scores for five games and then stops not scores for six games, and then you know. Um, so I think he he did score in the Coppa Italia, which is like the I guess the FA Cup or whatever. Um, but, who can't start anyways? Like that's not. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's very interesting. i think I think the forward is not as dangerous. I don't rate Jeo. I actually don't think Jeo is a good forward ball holder. I don't think he's any of that people. I don't know why people think he's actually that good. maybe maybe when he was in in City, but I don't think he's that good. Um Lattaro Martinez, we don't know what we're gonna get tomorrow. So that's it. Like that's, that's the front line. Now the problem, the other problem that they have is Barella is is um is not it is suspended. So and that's like their Verati, like that's their like engine. Like that guy can cover right. you know the whole box, box to box. Like he runs the most on that team. So that's a huge loss for them. Now, but going to the defense though, now they they've gotten Bastoni back, Screener is actually a very good defender. Uh, And he's good, but, you know, he has his moments. Wingbacks, Dumfries, kind of weird, but I don't think he's that... I think he's good, but also that... I don't know. He's kind of weird. Perisic is the one I'm really excited for. Now, I think defensively, Inter Milan can shut them down. Offensively, I don't think Inter Milan can do anything. Now, I think where where Liverpool can really hit... um, Hit um, uh, Inter Milan is is with set pieces, um, and uh, uh, Alex Alexander Arnold he's very good at you know dead ball situations. Uh, so that said, I actually think it may be a zero zero affair tomorrow. Mm. Um, I, I think it, it may be a stalemate. Maybe, maybe okay, maybe not zero. Maybe it could be one one, but I think it's going to be a stalemate affair because one thing that Inter Milan is good at is playing very method like they are very like methodical, I think is the word I'm trying to put. Like they play to the script. And I think unless Klopp is able to really break that script. I think I think Inter Milan has a slight edge over them. But given the the players that are out and given the fact that like uh Lattaro Martinez is, is not firing and I don't think Dzeko is honestly that good. Um I think they will have difficulty scoring. So who knows what's going to happen. I just think, I think the defense can hold Salah and Mane. And I think they can. Yes. I believe they actually, I don't, I don't know. think, I, I, I believe they can. Um, I think we're underrating Inter Milan's defense a little bit, actually. Um, they they really, like, they don't concede a lot of goals. So. Sure. I, I So
0: I agree with you. I mean, like, Inter does have a great defense. I mean, they're competing for the title and Serie A this year they're they're a great team um but so my counter argument I suppose would be that Liverpool in the EPL and I'm not going to be one of these people who says like you know the 10th place team in the EPL is as good as the first place team in other leagues <laughs> but what they you do see in the EPL though is game planning for the opponent to except where like you'll see a, opponents such as um Wolves for instance who also play three at the back like there are good teams in the EPL who play low blocks and counter-attacking football versus the big players like Liverpool. And despite this, Liverpool always finds a way to like Liverpool is very well, good at breaking down those. Well, those Inter has defenses. better players
2: though.
0: I mean, if if you match them, yeah, but so like the system. Players. But correct, uh, without a doubt, yeah, Scriniere is like a better center back than you know.
2: <laughs> right uh, sure <laughs> but, i mean is, is not too bad but you know yeah i don't think they're you know maybe but the system so- i mean like teams and
0: players you know especially in defense we've talked about this before i think is like you know offense is where you see superstars really shine defense is where systems are critical mm-hmm. and like the integrity of your defense is like really relies on not just any one individual defender unless the defender's Virgil van Dyke, I guess but like otherwise like you know it's like oftentimes it's like how the defenders play as a system and how the team as a whole like shifts when in uh versus counter attacks especially it's like how quickly can a team get back into either like gang and pressing to like break up the team's attack before it even begins or just like falling back picking up your man identifying who your man is picking him up um so I think that in that for that element, like Liverpool have played against similar systems, sure, they, sure. Know how to, they know how they know they just have so much talent and they're so fast yeah, on the counterattack. Yeah. And when the opponent does get the ball back, they're so like, aggressive and immediately mm-hmm. pressing that mm-hmm. back line that they they have, they have it kind of drilled down to a science now of how yeah. to break down even like the most stout defense, especially over uh, two legs, especially so over to be two honest.
2: Legs. I think that's also another group one that I bring up. I think that's one thing that Inter Milan will may suffer on is, is the speed, uh, because on the counter attack I don't I don't think they stand a chance to be honest. I think uh, right, yeah. Like you have an aging defense, right? Like you have well, you have Dumfries that plays on the right, who, who, who you know I don't think he's particularly fast, fast, but he's 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 okay. He he can definitely keep up Mane. Now I look at the other side though. I see Bastoni is fast, but I don't think I think Salah will smoke him. And we're talking about Perisic. Perisic is, you know, let's be honest, he, he's older and he's not as fast. So I think that is a problem. I just think that they may not get to a situation where they will be a counterattack. And that's the, that's the thing about Inter Milan. They're so good at very, being very organized in defense that I feel like unless there's an extraordinary situation, I... I I don't anticipate that there will be too many counter attacks. Now, not being there is a, is a huge miss, and I think that's part of the reason why they don't concede. You know, that that's another reason why why their defense is good because he's very good at going up and down and just like keeps the midfield very covered. But who knows? We'll see. I'm I'm curious to see. I, I think that'll be a very good game, and I, I think it will be another tactical game actually. So I'm looking forward to to see. Um, the, the One thing that will happen, I think, is Vidal is going to actually play tomorrow. So, uh, you know, when Vidal plays, uh, there's bound to be a red card. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Any final words before we, we close it out? Mm, I don't. I don't believe so.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, action in domestic leagues that I'd love to talk about, but we can save it for the next episode.
2: Right. Well, um, too and, bad. Yeah. Ne- next week, there's also a Champions League, so we'll probably end up talking about that a lot. So, but it was a good episode. Uh, but anyways, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we're on, oh gosh, I hate to say Spotify, but yeah, we're on Spotify. Um, and everywhere. Uh, well, we're on Spotify, Google Podcast, and also Apple Podcast, Actually, we're not everywhere quite literally right now. Um, so uh, yeah, if you have any uh, you know, any any feedback, any questions for us feel free to hit us up on social media we're also on social media on Twitter uh, unless you're but, yeah.
0: Hakan don't, yes, don't, don't, don't reach yeah, out then. Blocked
2: him. we blocked him we blocked him actually so um, thank you all and bye bye